You know, the culture is actually damn good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all at? This is Trafalgar Square. Mr. and Mr. North of South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 Hey, how you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Sabian! Ingram comes set, the slot right. Hand off, Gallman. Up the middle, giant touchdown. And that was easy for Wayne Gallman. Yes, it was. It was also a very easy day yesterday for Danny Dimes as well. Welcome to the pod, everybody. Bob Matthews here with you, the SportsJourney.com radio network on the air. It is another existential crisis Monday. As Washington loses to the Giants. But we got some interesting stuff today. Uh, Scott Allen of the Washington Post will be joining us. We will talk about the takeaways. Ron Rivera also just got finished talking to us a few minutes ago. And once we get through with our postgame player react, we're going to get into some of the stuff that Rivera was talking about. Because if you've been on Twitter today, you have noticed it, no doubt blowing up about some of his comments about Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith, et cetera, et cetera. So a 23-20 loss, Washington losing to the Giants yesterday. It drops Washington to 2-6 and six in the NFC East and amazingly still in contention. And it's going to stay that way at least for a while. And Daniel Jones has somehow... Uh, against Washington become a combination of Y.A. Tittle, Phil Simms, and Eli Manning. He has five career wins in the NFL, four of them against Washington. Washington hasn't beaten the Giants since 2018. All right, the big story yesterday, obviously. And by the way, if you want, head on over to sportsjourney.com. i got an article on it. Uh, Alex Smith replacing Kyle Allen, who suffered a dislocated ankle yesterday. The word is, it, at least today, there were no fractures, so it may not be season-ending. Then again, given the environment there out at Ashburn, it would be quite surprising, barring some other sort of injury, actually a pretty good spate of them. I don't think we have seen, I think we have seen the last of Kyle Allen for this year. Oh, excuse me. What the heck? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, pay no attention to that sound effect there. Uh, I, I think we have seen the last probably of Kyle Allen this year. There's just too many other things you got to figure out at quarterback going forward. Now, does that mean he's not back next year? Hey, it's, it's quite possible. We'll just have to wait and see. Although, remember, he is not under contract. He'll be some sort of a restricted free agent um, next year. All right, let's go into the locker room. Uh, talked to some of the players yesterday. Obviously, biggest thing is the fact that, as we said, Alex Smith did, in fact, replace Kyle Allen in the first quarter. He got off to a little bit of a slow start, then was on fire there for a while before the two interceptions at the end of the game that kind of sealed the fate. So let us talk with Alex Smith. Uh, first, we were asking him um, about, you know, the, we got to say it, but, you know, the, the irony of uh, coming into the game 
after another Washington quarterback suffers a uh, pretty ugly looking, if you saw it on the replay, leg injury. Yeah, obviously a ton of emotions uh, going on for me right then in the sense that, you know, I knew Kyle was down and, and, and knew it was pretty serious once he stayed down. Uh, so, you know, you snap into grabbing your helmet and, and getting ready to roll. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see him bring out the air cast in the cart. And uh, uh, I know I know that routine well. So a um, ton of emotions. You know, I'm trying to you know lock it in, but obviously feeling for, for Kyle. Um, you know, quarterbacks, we spend a ton of time together and, and uh, you know, obviously feeling for him at that point, not knowing what's going on. So here's the line for Alex Smith yesterday. He was 24 out at 32 for 325 yards, one touchdown, which was the long 68 uh, yarder to Terry McLaurin. Uh, and McLaurin obviously did the most of that. Three interceptions. That's a little misleading. The first interception, really not his fault. It was kind of a bad luck type of thing where JD McKissick literally fell down as the ball was coming to him but the two interceptions with less than two minutes to go in the game obviously the last two possessions were the killer there but if you want to look at it strictly from a number standpoint it was a hell of a lot better than the Rams game he did start out a little slow and when I say a little slow I mean maybe you know first series or so in there but I thought Alex Smith played really, really well, to be honest with you. He looked uh, – that offense under him ran better than it had all year. Obviously, it ran better than it did with Dwayne Haskins under center. And really, at no time did I think, oh, God, why is he making that throw? And I hope it works out. Alex Smith really looked like he had – command of that offense yesterday and Alex said that it felt a lot better than uh, the first time in when he came on in relief against uh, the Rams yeah a lot different um a lot different I mean I think it was nice to have that like I said I really felt like that was a step for me a few weeks ago and and could kind of move on to the next one now kind of put that behind me I didn't have to wasn't thinking about my foot out there wasn't thinking about my leg um just just playing I feel more and more comfortable I've gotten obviously uh, a lot more work in these, these last few weeks and, and feeling better and better. So, uh, you know, there were some things out there, no question. I, I really felt good moving around, um, making things happen, playing faster. So, The question is, how do you judge those two interceptions late in the game? I mean, any veteran quarterback, you have the potential of that happen, happening. Sometimes a comeback works out. Sometimes it doesn't. You had the one where he threw uh, across his body. You just, you can't do that. You had the one that was, you know, it was high to McKissick and it was tipped. You had the second one where the defensive back just kind of baited him into, into that throw. And Alex Smith's rep is not that of a guy who throws a lot of interceptions. So was he just rust or... Is it something more than that? You know, is that something that's going to get shaken off this week in practice and now that you've had the game action against the Giants and we're going to see an even better version of Alex Smith this Sunday against Detroit in, I, I want to say that it's a must-win game, but God knows it's it's probably 50-50 that everybody in the East, you know, backs up and loses yet again. It really is. With every week that goes by, we were laughing about this 
a few weeks ago. But with every week that goes by, having five wins going into the final weekend of the season and having a chance to win a division with six becomes more of a possibility. I mean, you keep waiting for somebody. Breakout is not the right phrase, but you just you waiting for somebody to rise to the level of almost competency, and it's just not happening. But that again is a topic for another day. Uh, and back to Alex, he says, you know, those two interceptions there um, with less than you know three minutes to go in the game, you just bottom line can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we had a chance. We had a chance without those two. I mean, certainly the, the second one's the one that really hurts. Uh, you know, felt like we were rolling, moving the ball there, really had them on their heels, um, you know, down three, and then got into that third down situation. You know, they all, they all dropped out. They did a great job all, all, all day disguising. They're really active. Their safeties are really good. They, they, they present a lot um, to you as a quarterback. So, you know, for me, I saw JD and I kind of escaped there and tried to get it to him as fast as possible. And just uh, ball just came out high, just inaccurate. You know, better football there, uh, have a chance for a first down or certainly points, um, you know, if it doesn't come out high. So uh, better for me that, that, you know, just a better football, but more accurate. You know, in the last one, two minute, you're trying to make a play. I just felt like I was late. Uh, we had a little high-low going over on the weak side, and, and I had a chance to throw that on time. And, you know, if you double-clutch it, any good defense is going to kind of make you make you pay. So certainly where I, I either needed to keep moving through my progression or, or throw that football on time. So, um, you know, that's one that, you know, I obviously feel like I'm better that better than that and, and uh, certainly capable of making that play. Um, so, you know, you can't throw it late over the middle. It, it, obviously, that's kind of quarterbacking one-on-one. And quarterback in 101, indeed. Uh, God love them. They keep things interesting, don't they? Because, again, you look at that game yesterday, and I'm going to be interested to go down and go out and you know, break down the tape a little bit later. We'll be talking about it later in the week. But there really were some, some little nuggets of things that happened with Alex Smith in there that you haven't seen yet this year. I mean, number one, obviously, is Cam Sims with a career-high 110 yards. Uh, receiving he averaged 36 yards a reception obviously you can't do that every week but and again the but we'll get into later in the week you know with a guy with a veteran knows what he's doing back there again does that help the young receivers jd mckissick who has who at times has disappeared absolutely disappeared this year he had nine receptions out of the backfield for 65 yards that's the kind of thing you want to see. Antonio Gibson had another 35 yards receiving. Isaiah Wright got in on the action. Logan Thomas had not a good day. You know, he dropped three balls. Again, you expect stuff like that in a loss. But we're gonna, we'll go into that a little bit later in the week because it'll be interesting to see if what we saw out of Alex Smith yesterday is maybe something that we're going to see long term. Or was it just a mirage? Again, we don't know. All right, back into the locker room. Terry McLaurin obviously is a guy who is is becoming an all-pro and is maybe the best player on this team now in his second year. And God love him. I mean, it's, this is a guy. They really hit a home run on this one, and let's hope that they can keep him around long-term. I know it's only his second year, but still. Um, that, you know, the 68-yard catch and run where he basically – 
first he went up and got a ball that might have been intercepted if it was anybody else, number one, and then outran, what, three guys? You know, made two miss and outran a, a couple more. Unbelievable. Uh, so here's Terry, uh, first on Alex and then on uh, the touchdown pass. Yeah, I mean, Alex is a pro. He's been in this league for a long time, and uh, he gave us a chance to win. He got us back in the game. And for a guy who, you know, wasn't taking a whole lot of starters rep this week, I feel like he moved the ball well. We converted on some third downs. Um, so I just told him after the game, you know, like looking forward to a full week of practice with him and uh, we'll see where we go from there. You know, it was a play that we've been practicing. You know, it's been our playbook since day one. Um, you know, I saw the look uh, where the, the corner went to grab the, the flat route on the opposite side. And, um, you know, I, Alex threw a good ball. He gave me a chance. He threw it flat. And I just wanted to meet the ball. Um, when I caught the ball, honestly, I didn't expect to be free. But, um, you know, I broke the tackle. And shout out to Isaiah and the other receivers. They kept fighting to give me an open lane to, to run for a touchdown. So that was a big play for us. And Alex gave me a chance. And that's all I could ask for. We also asked Terry about uh, why he thought that uh, they lost yesterday. Fumbles, obviously, you know, you can't spot a team 20 points in the first half and expect to win. And really, for me, the killer was uh, the first quarter, you know, the, the first drive of the game. Antonio Gibson is off and running on a 20-yard uh, swing pass and coughs the ball up. And then Logan Thomas tries to pick it up and run into the end zone instead of just falling on it. Yet another learning experience there. Um, and then the uh, fumbled punt after the defense comes, gets a stop, and then the offense puts him uh, in yet another on an, in another in another hole on a short field, and you just can't do that. All of a sudden, it's ten nothing. Probably should have been fourteen to nothing. Uh, we asked Terry why he thought what the keys were in that loss yesterday, and here's what he thought they were. Kind of what happened the last time we played these guys is turnovers and, you know, hats off to them. They they force a lot of turnovers. They make you drive the ball down the field, um, you know, take short completions and try to make something out of it. And, um, you know, they did a good job of creating turnovers. But on our end, we just got to um, not turn over the ball and, and continue to sustain drives and also uh, score when we get down to the red zone. Yeah, that would definitely help. Uh, two and six, and yet still just a game and a half out of first place in the NFC East. Uh, Philly off this week. The Eagles uh, still lead with that juggernaut of a record at 3-4-1. and one. So what's up next? Hey, Terry says you get back on the, field, on the practice field Wednesday and you get back at it because the Lions are up next in Detroit on Sunday. Um, you can't feel sorry for yourself. Nobody else is. Um, we can't feel, for, can't feel sorry for ourselves. Um, you know, we're going on the road next week and um, everyone counts, everyone, everyone matters. And um, we just got to get to the fundamentals of football, not turning over the ball, penalties. Um, I feel like that, that hurt us a little bit today. And um, we just got to minimize the mistakes. Um, you know, we're not at the level where we can overcome too many mistakes. So, um, you know, that's the biggest thing going into this week. You got to play cleaner. Um, yeah, that, that's for sure they do. It was interesting because uh, Pete Haley, our good friend from NBC Sports Washington, noticed – actually tweeted about this yesterday before the game. Notice that the kick returners were dropping a lot of balls in warm-ups. And you wind up seeing a fumble there that led to the Giants' first touchdown. So shout-out to Pete. He was a little prophetic there. Ron Rivera just meeting with uh, all of us on Zoom uh, a few minutes ago as we uh, put this to tape. And 
said that, yeah, indeed, Alex Smith will be the starter going forward and Dwayne Haskins will be his backup. The comments he made on that is getting are getting a lot of attention here today. So let's just give them to you. You know, one of the you know, we asked him at this point at two and six. Why not take an extended look at Dwayne again? Let him start. See what you've got. And, you know, or or more to the point, you know, I guess why a 36 year old Alex Smith uh, is the starter going forward. Rivera said that uh, he keeps maintaining, although nobody believes it, that uh, Dwayne Haskins is still in their plans. You know, they have not given up on him. But, and I think this might be the most important part of this, is that you kind of, well, just listen to what Rivera has to say. I think you're going to get a big insight into why Haskins lost the starting job in the first place. Well, again, it's, it's, it's really about how to prepare, how, how, to, how to take what you're getting, the information that you're getting, how to disseminate it, how to put it together, and then take it and transfer it onto the field. You know, how, how, to, how to do those things. And again, you know, my example, coming in early, meeting with the coaches, meeting with the other quarterbacks, having discussions, talking about what you're seeing, what you're not seeing. Does it? How often do you see a young quarterback? Does it, is that something that should be a little bit more innate, or is that something that you still have to learn and grow and develop with for other guys? I think it's a little bit. It, it, it's it's something that's that 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 some guys grow and develop and understand just how important it is. Um, you know, because a lot of times guys will rely on their great talent, and 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 that talent will get you by for a while. But there's certain a point. There is a point in everybody's career where you know everything catches up to talent. Okay. And the only thing that separates it is the guys that work the hardest. Very interesting, wasn't it? By the way, shout out to John Kime of ESPN.com. That was the other voice that you heard there in that portion of the interview. So if you want to take this as gospel, I mean, this is, this is you know, Rivera on the record. And there aren't too many lines, I don't think, that you can read into. It sounds like, I don't I think it is fair to say, what they saw with Haskins here um, once the season started, maybe, or during training camp. I, I'm going to go out and guess, you know, once the season started. I think he was getting there. He was getting to practice on time and doing what was required of him. If you're going to be an NFL starting quarterback, that's unfortunately not good enough. That's just the way of the world. The talent level is so thin, you have to be more like Alex Smith, who – is there before the coaches, you know, or before the sun comes up, put it that way. You got to be there early and you got to stay late. It sounds like if it wasn't a nine to five thing for Dwayne, it was close to that. They just wanted to see him work harder and you got to work harder. You have to be obsessed with it if you're going to make it in this league because everybody can throw it. Everybody can spin the ball. These are the best of the best. It is such a thin line between a first-round bust, a journeyman quarterback, and a great quarterback. And they want to see Dwayne put more work in. And based on what we've seen, I think at this point, unless there is evidence to the contrary, you kind of have to give the coaching staff the benefit of the doubt on that one. Darren Haynes of WUSA then asked Rivera what they want to see ultimately 
out of Dwayne Haskins. And this was Rivera's response to that. We're, we're hoping to see a guy that's got a talented arm that's a, that's a that's a good pocket passer and has the ability to make all the throws. But does he put it all together, Darren? Does he sit there and, and, and say, okay, this is what I've studied. This is what I've learned. Now I'm taking it to the field, and this is what I see out there that's happening, and this is how I'm going to react. I'm going to go through my progression this way, and I'm going to deliver the ball over here. That's what we want to see. Those are the things that he's got to continue to grow on and, and, and become a, 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 a more astute player and student of this game. He's got the skill set. I'm telling you, the arm is legit. Okay? Now let's see him put it all together. That, that's what I'm hoping to get out of, you know, out of, out of, uh, out of Dwayne these next few weeks as we go forward uh, for the rest of the season. And it's possible. I mean, it can't happen. And if you say, oh, well, that's being a Pollyanna or whatever, two words, Vernon Davis. Remember how uh, Mike Singletary, or, yeah, uh, Mike Singletary, when he was coach of the 49ers, actually sent him home, right? Vernon Davis learned from that and became one hell of a tight end. As we know, he was a locker room leader here in Washington his last few years in the league. So it's possible. And I think all of us hope that, you know, down the line somewhere, Dwayne Haskins does turn into that franchise quarterback because it's a hell of a lot easier going forward than if he doesn't. Scott Allen of the Washington Post joining us right now as we take a look back at uh, yesterday's loss on Existential Crisis Monday. Scott, thank you for joining us. How you doing, my friend? Doing well, Bob. Thanks a lot for having me. Anytime, anytime. All right, so four takeaways from the Giants game yesterday. That was the big headline on the Scott Allen byline today. So in a nutshell, what were the takeaways here for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the story of the game beyond the – Beyond the five turnovers was uh, another QB injury. It looked eerily similar to Alex Smith going down two years ago. Same part of the field. Uh, just awful to, to watch the replay. It doesn't sound like it's as severe as the one that Smith suffered. Um, but obviously that that changed things in the first quarter. And it was Smith who, who came on in relief this time, um, getting his most action since since his own terrible injury two years ago. And, you know, he, he played well, but, uh, but ultimately the, the hole that the team dug in, in the first quarter falling behind 10, nothing, and then 20 to three at halftime. And those five turnovers were, were too much to, to overcome. Um, Ron Rivera this morning saying that uh, the team is still not giving up on the NFC East, even at two and six, then mathematically. Yeah. yeah I mean, mathematically, you know, that, that, that makes sense, but I mean, what do you think the sense, uh, the sense is of, of or really the sense is there in Ashburn when he said that all I could think of was, I remember, and I don't think Les minds me telling this story, but standing outside the locker room with Les last year, I, it was like week 15 or 16, something like that. And he was just like, I, I don't know anymore. I, I, I don't know what we say <laughs> about this anymore. I mean, are we getting to that point again this year? You think, you know, it's, I, I, I disagreed with the decision to, to bench Haskins when they did. Um, and at the same time, Ron Rivera is not wrong that, you know, if you're going to lose to a team, better lose to the team that had only one win in, in the East uh, yeah. than, than the Cowboys or Eagles. It is still 
there for the taking, even if the taking means getting to to five and eleven and and sneaking into the playoffs. Um, I, I I thought that you know if if Alex Smith came in and didn't look good um, in the second half and he threw three interceptions. He wasn't great, but but he moved the ball. I thought that would that would make the decision easier on Ron Rivera if he performed poorly to go back to Dwayne Haskins. And then, right. as you mentioned, we heard today that they're still going for it. He still obviously thinks that Alex Smith gives them the best chance to win this future division. Um, but I still go back to for the for the better uh, long term answer for this franchise. This is a great opportunity to see what you have and really know about Dwayne Haskins before you, you give up on him. Yeah. what do you think of, of Smith yesterday? I, I got to say, I mean, watching it, just that one game, Yeah, I thought the offense ran better than with either Kyle Allen or, or, or Haskins. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was a coincidence that Cam Sims has a breakout game with Smith in there, but, you know, the yeah. facts are still the facts. You had that. You had J.D. McKissick, who they had counted on at the beginning of the year, finally being effective. I mean, he did move the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think the big key was the protection. I mean, when we saw Smith in the second half against the Rams, the, the Rams have a much better defensive line than than the Giants, obviously, and there was just no time for him to find anybody. When given time, I mean, we know that he's he's not the most mobile quarterback now, um, but I was impressed with on some of those plays. I mean, there was one sort of screen pass to McKissick on a key third down that that Smith he improvised a little bit. He, he moved around there to buy himself some time and, and made a nice throw. Um, I mean, Scott Turner's offense kind of makes it easy on a quarterback, easier on a quarterback who can make those quick reads. And, you know, it was nice to see those, those short plays open up some, some long-term games to Cam Sims, as you mentioned, you know, he, that was probably, you can't discount the picks, the, the three interceptions, but when he was on, that was the best that this offense has looked all year. Rivera met with, uh, you know, did did his Monday Zoom call a little while ago. You know, Twitter's already blowing up with with some of the comments, uh, yeah. especially especially about why you know the you know why Alex and not Dwayne now. And and he obviously he talked about Alex's work ethic and and yeah. Dwayne has to you know show that that he's learning stuff in the classroom and then translate it to the field. What what did you make of that? I mean. You know, did, was it? You think it was the coaching staff laying down a, a final marker there for Haskins, saying, "Look, you, it, this is the time for you to show it to us, or else." Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a continuation of some of the things reports that we heard in the wake of Haskins benching. I mean, Rivera didn't really come out and say it at the time, but I think some of the reports coming out of Ashburn, including from Les, were that it wasn't all about his performance. Um, because he was coming off a 314-yard game against a pretty good Ravens defense. But there were these murmurs, reports that, you know, after doing such a great job during the offseason in terms of putting in the time, studying film, and, you know, displaying a more mature, greater work ethic than he did as a rookie, that maybe he had kind of slipped a little bit um, when he let that big game against the Ravens, which again came in a loss, go to his head. Um, so yeah, I, I heard from Rivera in, in today, I, I read the comments from today's call about, you know, yeah, he needs those better study habits. He's got a, he's got a great arm. He's got, got all the athletic ability in the world. 
um, but he's got to put it all together. And apparently Rivera thinks that, you know, him sitting back and, and watching a guy like Alex Smith prepare, prepare week to week is, is a way for him to change his, change his habits and, and possibly get back on the field. You think that there is, I mean, we've all been going on the assumption that after this year he's gone and they'll go in another direction. Do you, you think there's any chance that Haskins can redeem himself with this coaching staff or you think everything we're hearing is, is more window dressing than anything else? Yeah. To me, I would be surprised if, if Dwayne Haskins has a future here in DC. I mean, barring a, a terrible performance by Alex Smith or God forbid another injury yeah. that, that causes the quarterback carousel to spin again, I don't know that he'll get another shot this year because I think the division you know, will be within striking distance um, late into December. And uh, Rivera has made it quite clear. I, I just don't see him going away from Alex Smith and, and giving Haskins another opportunity, even though, again, I think they should. I wonder, and, and you know, it's the division is in such a state where if this continues, I mean, you can lose every game in November and mathematically you can look at it. You can say with a straight face, if this continues at two and you know, whatever, two and uh, 10, maybe going into December, uh, we're still in this thing, you know, if, if we win out. Yeah. And I guess the silver lining from, I mean, fans, they should even be trying to win or, or tanking to, to have a better shot. You know, Trevor Lawrence and the Jets probably have that wrapped up. But, but the silver lining of this is that with the rest of the division so bad, even if they do get that glory of, of hanging an NFC East uh, banner for finishing 5-11, and 11, they're still going to have a pretty good draft pick, which is, which is rare for a, a playoff team to, to be able to say. Yeah, maybe it's the best of both worlds. Who knows? All right, my friend, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of the day with us. Uh, on to Detroit, I guess, and we'll we'll have yep. to see we'll have to see what frivolity awaits us in the Motor City. <laughs> Adrian Peterson awaits, right? Oh, that ought to be a hoot. Yeah, <laughs> Scott Allen, thank you so much. Hey, uh, real quick plug: uh, you can see all you can catch all of Scott's stuff at WashingtonPost.com, the Twitter handle, because uh, you're on Twitter there and you're posting updates regularly. Where can they reach you? at scott s allen there you go thank you my friend talk to you soon thanks a lot bob see ya you bet all right we have done all the damage we can do for one day making the boys telling us it is time for us to get on out of here if all goes according to plan tomorrow dave agadello from wfor tv in miami we're gonna do a little to a talk after the dolphins big win yesterday so you want to make sure you're here for that don't forget, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, wherever fine podcasts are sold as well as sportsjourney.com. Talk to you again tomorrow. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. <laughs>